We know that self-care is important, but adding self-care to our never-ending to-do list can add more stress than it alleviates. And furthermore, the ideas about what self-care looks like that are promoted on social media may not be accessible for all people. Luckily, self-care doesn't have to cost a lot or any money, and it doesn't have to take much time either. The important part is making it a consistent habit. Today, I'm talking to Valerie Adjaman, a women's health dietitian, podcast host, and founder of Flourish Heights, a women's nutrition practice, digital platform, and community. Valerie empowers women to build confidence around their food choices while shining the light on overlooked topics around women's health issues. In the past few years, she has brought hundreds of women together to inspire change, empower and educate, and build stronger, healthier communities. Valerie is a trusted expert in the media, regularly appearing on media networks, including ABC's Good Morning Washington show, and contributing expert quotes to publications like Women's Health Magazine, The 30, and Shape. Let's get started. Welcome to Hormonally Yours with the Hormone Dietitian. If you're a busy woman struggling with hormonal issues like PCOS, fertility struggles, and other hormone imbalances, and you feel like you're the boss of your life in every area but your hormones, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Melissa Groves Azero, integrative women's health dietitian, coffee lover, cat lady, all black wearing, former New York City advertising exec turned professional period fairy. It's my mission to be the no BS hormone nutrition education resource for smart women struggling with hormone imbalances so you can have regular symptom-free periods and optimize your fertility naturally. I'm here to share real, actionable, science-based tips you can use to get real results without cutting out foods, spending hours in the gym or meal prepping, and without losing sleep, because we're all about balance here at The Hormone Dietitian, and I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, Valerie. It is so nice to see you again. It's been a long time. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here. So I appreciate you reaching out. Um, so I'm Valerie Adjamine. I am a women's health dietitian. I'm the founder of Flourish Heights, which is just a women's health nutrition digital platform practice and um, really community where we're just helping people nourish um, in a way that supports their body. We also do shine the light on all these overlooked topics that we can never ever stop talking about, you know, periods and body literacy, hormone nutrition, and so much more. Um, I got into nutrition, literally like in my teens, <laughs> I had no idea what a dietitian was, but you know, at the time I was um, kind of going through my own like body image challenges, um, you know, in my family, a lot of chronic illness um, kind of runs in it, um, high blood pressure, I mean, high blood pressure, heart disease, um, diabetes, all these types of things. So, I mean, nutrition was never something that was 
kind of discussed. Um, and so I knew one day I just wanted to be a voice in my community to just empower people in health and wellness. Um, but more so recently, like in the past three-ish years, I kind of gone into more of the women's health um, space. Uh, I personally knew somebody who struggled with fibroids and I just wanted to know how, you know, what can be done holistically um, to help, you know, manage or, you know, kind of prevent some of these things. So I researched more and more. I mean, you know this, Melissa, like we didn't get a, a lot of, um, you know, education around women's health, like in our nutrition programs and things like that. And so, um, you know, I've also realized like during my journey, kind of coaching a lot of people, um, I just found out a lot of women have, you know, these hormone related issues. And I just felt like there was a lot kind of missing, um, you know, and like the pieces of the puzzle were missing. And I just felt like I could have been doing a lot more to help them, you know, improve their quality and lifestyle. Um, and then, yeah, I just, this area of the field lacks a lot of representation. Um, and so especially in women's health, there's, I can literally count on my fingers how many, you know, uh, dietitians of color focus on women's health. Um, and so I, you know, before I kind of went into the women's health world, a lot of people are reaching out to me like, hey, Valerie, like, you know, I am looking to work with a dietitian. I have PCOS you know, I have endometriosis, et cetera, et cetera. And I was always just referring them out and they'll come back and be like, okay, but do you have any dietitians of colors that, you know, that you could refer me to? Um, but anyway, it was kind of like a guilt feeling I had. And I'm like, okay, I should really get into private practice. I should start doing like counseling and offering that. Um, so that's kind of like how my world of kind of focusing more on like women's nutrition um, kind of began. And so just getting more into the training and educating myself. And um, now I'm just helping people nourish better, you know, with um, things like PCOS. So I love, I love this work. It is. It's so, so necessary. And, you know, for a while there too, it's like, I would, I would just rack my brain trying to think who can I refer this person to, um, you know, to help them because, Fibroids are very, very common in the black community, much higher so um, than in white women um, and other populations, um, you know, and then fibroids and then leading to unnecessary hysterectomies. And it's just, oh, yeah. you know, and you compound that with the, you know, longer time to diagnosis or proper diagnosis and the higher, I mean, this is not why I'm having you on the show, um, the higher, <laughs> higher maternal death rates and just like, there's really such a need. Um, and I know that's something that you focus on a lot in your practice and elevating those voices who are educated and can share the information with who it needs to get to. Um, you just did a, a fibroids. Was it a Instagram live you did recently relatively? Yeah, I mean, it might've been six months ago now at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did. It was on like, uh, just nutrition to just better manage uh, fibroids. And so I did a lot about that because when we look at the research, I mean, it's very, I feel like it's very new. Um, and there's just so much that we don't know, um, especially for, you know, fibroids in the black community, but nutrition does, I mean, it is one piece of the picture. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's definitely something that, you know, needs to be addressed more, more often. So yes, I did that live. It was great. Um, actually got to meet some, you know, now clients through that live. So 
you know, we'll definitely continue to do those, uh, to talk about these types of topics. Yeah, so, so important. Um, and you uh, will mention it again at the end, but you have a podcast yourself focused on women's health as well, right? Oh, yes, 100% women's health, nutrition. Like I said, there's just all these things. It's like, we don't, we don't talk about it once and then that's it. Like we have to continue to bring awareness to these topics. And so, yes, I started a podcast. It's been exactly, we just celebrated like celebrated our one year a couple of days ago. And I'm like, wait, I've been doing this for a year. Oh my gosh. It's a lot of work guys. A lot of work. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, I definitely came across you back when I was first starting my business too, because I've always had um, such a girl crush on your uh, social media, like everything, you know, just posh photos and everything. It's just, you know, your uh, whole vibe on social is just lots of flowers and pink and just beautiful images and outfits. We got to talk about your outfits too. (laughs) Now I'm like steering away from like myself and yeah, I just, I I'm like here, I'm here for the putting out this information. Let's talk about it. Um, but yeah, thank you. I do. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've definitely noticed the uh, separation over the last couple of years, um, between the Flourish Heights brand, which is larger than just you, um, as opposed to your own personal social media accounts as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love the directions you're going. (laughs) Hey, doing it for the community. So one of the topics and the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, um, because you talk about it a lot on social media and in your events, um, the whole concept of self-care and what that means. Um, Let's start with what self-care is not. How are some of the ways that self-care can be portrayed, um, particularly on social media, really missing the mark for some people. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but (laughs) I think some of us get annoyed nowadays when we hear quote unquote, like self-care, it's like, um, it's become this like trendy thing nowadays. I feel like when we hear, um, when we hear self-care, um, and I just feel like we, it's just, we all should be overly, um, it's like, you know, self-care this, self-care that, take a bubble bath that, and all your life problems will go away. Like, and, um, some of these things I see, it's just, it's not, it's not realistic. And, um, all too often people do get lost, um, you know, in the sauce of self-care and it almost feels like, you know, it's another thing on the to-do list. And I see this a lot with like the clients that I have worked with, you know, it, it doesn't become sustainable and routine. Um, Like if it's something, it's like something that you feel, um, you know, pressured or forced to do because the media tells you, you know, to do this or wellness culture, which, you know, I talk about quite often. Um, And, you know, some of us grew up in families where, and I'm speaking for myself too, where, you know, our parents were kind of like in this survival mode. Um, You know, my mom was a single, uh, you know, parent and she, there was a, like four of us, he was working like two and a half jobs, just trying to make it work, you know, for all of us. And so that we can have a comfortable living. Um, And so they never had the chance to practice this idea of self-care. And, but I I do love that, you know, now these conversations are um, coming up uh, quite a lot. And 
But I just think like the media makes it feel like we have to spend too much money to achieve self-care, like going a spot, going to a spot every weekend or hiring a chef every single day, you know, to prepare and cook all your meals. I mean, that may be great for like a celebrity, but you know, for people, you know, the general population, it's not a thing that we could all afford. Um, and I think we, we all deserve like really nice, um, nice things and, and luxury things or whatever, but um, like, let, yeah, let's not get, get lost in what the media kind of has designed um, self-care to look like. And um, it shouldn't be like a luxury thing or where we have to buy all these products. And I know, Melissa, you can attest to the many supplements out there that are like, take this and, you know, you'll feel better. Or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, I have a, I mean, I do believe some supplements are, are, are helpful and beneficial, but I think there's just all these wellness products I've been seeing lately that are like, you know, feel good, whatever, or drink this. And it's like stress management that, and I'm just like, y'all, I'm going to take these gummies in my life. Like I'm going to feel like better instantly. Like, you know, um, but anyway, the truth of the matter is there are, you know, there's a lot of barriers that people kind of experience every day, like things like cost, right. Access to these products and, and healthcare and just so much more. And so why are we looking at self-care as this like luxury thing? Um, because it's not, <laughs> um, you know, we can practice self-care within our means, no matter what your situation looks like. And, you know, once you do start seeing self-care as an essential thing, something that we actually need, um, rather than this thing you have to be forced in or pressured to do because you saw something on social media, um, it, it becomes easier for you to actually like take time to care for yourself um, so that you can also help, you know, and care for those around you. And there are endless forms of self-care that are free and take very little time or energy um, to actually, you know, to actually do so. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, all the adaptogens in the world will not overcome not getting enough sleep, not getting outside in nature, um, you know, just all of all of those basics that we need to do. Oh, and by the way, this adaptogen drink is eight dollars a can. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? like, girl, like, what is that? You know, there's all these things are so expensive, and I just feel like okay, it's like okay, let me try this out, and it's cool if you want to try it out. If that's your thing, you got the money, you you know, I I like to try things out too too, but let's not depend on whatever that product is. We still have to like consider other, other forms of whether that's, you know, stress management and, and other things that we can do to kind of help, you know, relax our bodies and put it at ease. Yeah. So what is self-care actually, if it's not all the bubble baths and spa days and adaptogen drinks and things like that? You know, the, the, the thing I, so let me just say this, Alyssa, because some people, it can be the bubble baths and it can be the drinks and, and whatever, like it, it can, I feel like to a certain extent, because self-care looks different for, for everyone. Right. So if you get in a, you know, your tub and you have all the bubbles and you feel like, you know, you got the candles, you're feeling wonderful, you're feeling relaxed and that's wonderful, but it's just, it's not, it doesn't look like that for everyone. What is self-care? It's whatever the hell you want it to be, honestly. <laughs> like, okay, self-care, it's, it's any activity um, that we do like intentionally 
um, in order to take care of our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, um, you don't need a lot of time or money to make self-care, a, you know, to make it a big priority in your life, period. And like I said, it looks different for everyone. It's, and it's your job to find out like how to make it work for, for you, you know, um, just like nutrition, like nutrition, we, we talk about it all the time. Like Melissa to our clients, like there's just no, there's no one size fits all when it comes to nutrition, but it's the same for self-care. Like there's not this like self-care checklist that we should all be following, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of different things that we, we can be doing. And like I said, you know, I love to try new things, um, and implement new things into my routine that is ever evolving. Um, but yeah, there's not this like self-care checklist that, you know, we all need to be just following every single day. Um, when you feel physically and emotionally well, it's, it's often easier to kind of navigate through like all these life stressors in a very healthy, um, and productive way. And I mean, that's what makes self-care. Um, these are things that can promote, you know, mind and body wellness. It's super important. And that mind body connection, it's so strong. And, you know, we have to learn how to kind of tune into our emotional side or our physical feelings to kind of figure out exactly, um, you know, what we do need. Yeah. I think, you know, that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot is that, that mind body connection and how, you know, it's almost impossible to tell someone to sit down and, and meditate for 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. If their nervous system is in such a state of alert, all the time, you know, if you're always in fight or flight, um, you know, even getting into that state of relaxation is not going to be accessible for you. Um, and I think, you know, we could get into all the, the spiritual bypassing out there that happens about, you know, just, just meditate away your, your trauma. Um, you're just not trying hard enough. Right. <clears throat> but it's ultimately, Ultimately, you know, we're trying to build our resilience to respond to what's going on around us. Exactly. So I think, you know, and I hear this a lot from my clients too, that it can be really easy. You know, like you said, it's like adding self-care to your never ending to-do list. Um, you know, when you're working 40 plus hours a week, you're having to feed yourself three times a day. I get mad at myself, like, especially like in the last two years being home with COVID, you know, all the time, it's just like, ah, like, why am I hungry again? Like I have to, why do I have to take time to make myself a meal again? Like I just ate four hours ago. Then it's like, oh yeah, I guess that was four hours ago. Like that makes sense. It's like, you know, you get mad at your body for having needs. Um, and then you're right. supposed to like sleep eight hours a night and exercise and do all your, you know, meditation and stress management, but also all those beauty treatments and things like that. Um, it's like, yeah, sure. Like I might have time for self-care if I, if I quit my job, like how, how do you recommend that women kind of sneak in little pockets of self-care? Yeah, that's a really great question because I mean, time is a, you know, a big thing, but, um, you know, I do feel like, um, 
you know, self-care doesn't have to only happen when we feel the most stressed. Mm-hmm. It should be like a part of our, you know, regular everyday, um, you know, routine. And so when it comes to self-care, like best practice, I mean, it means regular, regular practice. I mean, cause we don't want to reach a point of like, you know, burnout, which I've experienced, I'm sure all of us more, more than once. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, I was recently talking to a therapist and she was talking about, yeah, like you shouldn't be like wanting to do all this, um, these activities to better care for ourselves only when we feel high stress, it should just be implemented, you know, through our everyday routine. Um, and so, yeah, like, I think also thinking about like what has worked in the past, I mean, for some people, it may be like a newer thing, but I think it's like, okay, if you've been doing it and like I said, like our lives are always evolving, right? I could love doing one type of self-care activity one day. And then it totally changes like the following week or the following month based on like what's going on in my life at the time. So it's like, you know, what has worked in the past? Like, how do you, you know, like let's identify, um, you know, these key moments and actions that have actually helped you find that, that piece before and exploring, you know, ways to kind of incorporate them into your, your present life. Um, and I think also to, uh, think about like your basic needs, like, let's start there. Right. It's like, um, these are the things that are helping your body thrive and keep it functioning at its best. So things like sleep. And right now I'm doing a whole kind of series on sleep, um, for my community, because I think it's a, I mean, we know we're supposed to be getting enough hours of sleep. Um, but I think it's like an underrated topic. Um, and a lot of people struggle with sleep and I know it's, it's super difficult. And sometimes I feel like, okay, you know, um, we can't talk about sleep without talking about the barriers that come with it. Like if you're a new mom, it could be really hard for you to get, you know, enough hours of sleep when it's, you're trying to attend to a baby who's crying like all the time, waking up every two hours, whatever. Um, you know, if you have like a health condition going on or like I have, a, you know, I've worked with people that were kind of in the menopause uh, phase of their life, waking up in the middle of the night to hot flashes, all kinds of stuff. So that, you know, if you're waking up constantly um, to that, you're not going to get, you know, the, a good solid um, quality sleep high stress, anxiety, all these things can impact, um, your, your sleep schedule, but just, you know, like having that inconsistent sleep, we know it can throw off your circadian rhythm and, um, increase the risk for so many things. And you talk a lot about insulin resistance, you know, um, it can throw off that your hormones, it can cause you to overeat. It can, uh, you know, kind of weaken your immunity, especially if you're, you know, not getting enough hours, like on a regular basis. Um, but I think having just good quality sleep. It can be a form of self-care, but we don't think of it like that. Right. Um, and what can we do? Like easing your way into the night by having like a wind down routine. Um, that was never something I did before until like recently, really. Um, I used to just, okay, time to go to bed. And then next thing you know, it's like hard for me to fall asleep, but it just kind of, you know, taking a shower and, um, listening to soft music, all these things are putting my body like in that relaxed state. So it's easier for me to you know, ease into sleep. Um, and one thing I often see is like the caffeine thing. I don't know if you have clients that are like, oh, but I drank my, my two cups of caffeine at like 4 PM. I'm like, oh, okay. That's probably why you're not, you know, sleeping well throughout the night, (laughs) you know? Um, 
but there are so many things to consider when we're just thinking about like our basic, um, you know, physical needs. Like today, I just, I went to get my routine labs done. Um, like how often are we trying to stay on top of our like well woman exams? Um, that's a form of self-care. It, it gives you this like feeling of control. Like, yes, I got this. I'm in control of my health. I know my baseline. You know, I, I feel good knowing that, like, I know my numbers, I understand my numbers and I know whatever steps I need to take to continue to optimize, um, my health. And that looks, you know, different for everyone. Right. Um, I don't know about you, Melissa, you know, if, how, how you feel when you just know that, okay, like I got a chance to do my well-woman exam. I got my labs done. Like we don't think of self-care as like our basic, like physical needs you know, too. Yeah, that's a really good place to start. I think um, my relationship with sleep has definitely changed, you know, in, in recent years, and it has become much more of a priority in my life because I do realize the impact that it has, you know, even one night of not getting enough sleep, like, you know, personally, how it affects my mood, how it affects my energy, but I, you know, from a health perspective, even one night of bad sleep can lead to insulin resistance or, you know, we eat more and we eat more calories and we eat more sugar the day after we don't sleep as well. (laughs) So, you know, if you stack up enough nights of bad sleep in a row, it's going to have, you know, kind of a lasting impact. So you know, and sort of like you said, you kind of have to, you can't just decide I'm going to, I'm going to get more sleep. Like you have to put plans in place to make that happen. So for me, that means my butt is in bed and my eyes are closed by 10 PM. And for me, that means putting some boundaries in place so that I can get my butt in bed by 10 o'clock. And it's like, even with my husband, like he's not allowed to ask me any questions after 10 PM. Like if it's 9:58, you can ask me which shirt you should wear tomorrow. But if it's 10 02, I am not answering the question, you know, yeah. and it sounds silly, but it's like, you know, and then you kind of have to back up from there. So it's like, okay, well, if I, I need to be in bed by 10, then I have to be sort of starting my wind down routine by like 9.30, which means I have to eat dinner by, you know, seven o'clock, which means I have to stop working by six o'clock. You know, it's like this, you got to kind of back into what you need to do to accomplish your priorities. Yeah, that's so true. And, and even with mental health, like how is, how is my mental health? How is my, you know, like how, how do I, feel right now. I think, I mean, we're all fighting a battle, right? Like life is this like up and down thing. It fluctuates. There's the ebbs and the flows, the good days, the bad days. Um, and, and maybe you don't have much control of the actual situation and and that's okay. You know, we're all doing like the best that we can. Um, but I think we need to add into our lives, like a check-in with ourselves. Like how often are we actually checking in, like asking these questions of, you know, how am I really feeling right now with everything that I have on my plate? Do I feel um, that, you know, my life stressors are weighing me down? Do I need help? Do I need more support? Um, Do I need a therapist? Can I call a friend, you know, or just have some kind of outlet? You know, do I need to cry? Like for me, um, I let it out, you know, sometimes I just, you just got to do that. And I haven't always been that way. I've 
I'm always been the one to kind of bottle up my feelings, but I like, trust me now I'm like the queen of like having cry sessions. Like if I'm in the middle of something, I'll remove myself and, you know, from the situation and let it out. And because the feeling that I get afterwards, it's like, I just, I feel so much lighter. And, um, I guess all of this is, is just to say, like, it, it may feel, um, impossible to kind of prioritize, you know, self-care, um, especially with the nature of working and balancing your social life, family and kid, you know, your children, everything else you have in between, but like, you can definitely set aside a few minutes. Sometimes it, it could be five to 10 minutes. If you, you know, to enjoy that cup of coffee or to FaceTime a friend or getting intimate with Bay, you know, if, if it will, if it takes 10 minutes, right. Um, orgasm orgasm will make oxytocin which is my favorite favorite hormone and it counteracts cortisol so yeah great 10 minutes will take you there hey you know but yeah I mean it's the little things too stretching and walking um it doesn't have to be like an hour every single day because realistically like you may be you know like it's people don't may not have quote-unquote time for that but the idea here is to do something that makes you feel more present and relaxed. And so for some people, it could be that hour, maybe not during the week, but on the weekends, because, you know, you have time to do that and you enjoy that. Um, and, and it might be getting, you know, a massage, like what I'm going to be doing in a couple of days. Um, I'm plugging away from your phone. We, we all need to learn how to do that and, you know, enjoy time like with your, your loved ones and just be more present you know, cooking up meals for the upcoming week, just whatever that looks like to you. Um, it makes sense for your situation. Hey there. So before we get back to the rest of the episode, I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you about a new workshop I've put together called PCOS Meal Prep Made Easy. If you're like most folks I hear from, you're confused and overwhelmed by all the conflicting info out there about what to actually eat with PCOS. And you may feel like you don't even know where to start. In this hour-long workshop, I break down what foods you want to include for PCOS and what you might want to consider avoiding or minimizing. And I share my simple three-step formula for planning meals with PCOS. The best part is it does not involve spending hours in the kitchen. Yes, you can absolutely incorporate this formula while cooking at home, but what's really great is that you can apply it no matter where you are, in a restaurant, getting takeout, at a family meal, or even while traveling. Head over to thehormonedietitian.com forward slash easy PCOS, all one word, to sign up now. Signing up is your first step to finally understanding how to eat to manage PCOS. All right, cool. I'll see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, you mentioned unplugging. I think, you know, we think about all the things we have to add to our lives to accomplish self-care, but there's an equal amount of things we can we can remove from our lives to improve our our mental health and our stress levels. Um, you know, one for me that's been a big one, especially over the last couple of years, um, is 
you know, we'll, we'll watch the news before bed to see what the temperatures are going to be like tomorrow, you know, just to like, see what's the weather tomorrow. Um, and I was finding that watching the news so close to bed was getting me too wound up and too angry, um, which was then affecting my sleep. And so I've sort of stopped doing that and I'll watch the news on my own time, you know, when I'm in a place where, you know, in the morning or something, I'll, catch up on the news. Um, and I've started using just the weather app on my phone to look at what, what's the temperature going to be like tomorrow. But sometimes it is a matter of, you know, just not avoiding entirely. Cause we're not telling people to go around like totally uninformed about what's going on in the world, but controlling what you're being exposed to and when can really exactly. make a difference. Absolutely. I think that goes for social media too, you know, unfollow, unfollow anyone who makes you feel bad about yourself. And and setting boundaries too, like saying no, I've gotten so much better at that. I trust me, I've been, and I didn't know this for a long time, but I I learned a couple years ago that I was a people pleaser. Oh yeah. And I would literally do everything for everyone else. I never really had um, prioritized self-care, you know, for myself too. I, um, it wasn't until like probably two or three years ago when somebody asked me like, oh, like, so what do you do like for fun or to like relax? And I'm like, oh, like I love to blog and I love to like put content together and I love to, you know, do my writing. And she's like, wait, what do you, do you like know what question I'm asking? I'm like, yeah. Like, and then after like we had that conversation, I was like, oh shit, like, I don't do anything for myself. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it, but I realized like I also needed to like do things that put me at, you know, at ease. So anyway, yeah. No, I think that's so common and it's super common for women, you know, especially. Um, I also see it a lot in women who are high achievers, you know, who are like really good at what they do. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm a second career dietitian. So I landed in advertising and I was really good at it. Um, and I got pretty far. And then I was like, what the hell am I doing here? And how do I get out? Like, I, like, I, you know, you reach that crisis point where it's like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, cause I basically just am my job at this point. And I had to really take like several steps back. And something that I thought I found that was really helpful for me was to think back to like, what did 12 year old Melissa like to do? Like, what did she do? She was like, you know, I read a ton. Um, so I brought reading back. Like I've been, I've been reading fiction lately and it's amazing. You know, I love that you're doing that. And, and that's, it goes back to like, self-care, it evolves with whatever you have going on with how you feel, you know, with what is going on in your environment. It's okay for that to change. You might love something one day and be like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't got time for it. It's not my thing anymore. That's perfectly fine. I think meditation is one of those things for me where, where I keep trying, it keeps going on that to-do list. And I'm like, like, I really need to get into this. I know this is going to make me feel better, but I don't, I don't like it. I just, there, I said it. I don't like it. Um, no, you know, but for me, like going outside and walking in nature or like 
sitting in my car and like blasting the nineties music while I'm, you know, definitely know, have heard a lot of, especially moms, moms of young kids in the last couple of years, um, sitting in the car. (laughs) I would, you know, it's so funny. I was going to say that next. I, okay. I don't have any kids yet, but like, for me, I, I love my car, like dinners. Okay. Okay. I don't eat like a whole thing in the car, but like, if I'm like going to order something, I, I enjoy like putting music on and just having my peace of mind in the car. It's such a great feeling. Y'all should try it out if you haven't before. <laughs> I love driving. I am actually about to sell it. I have like the cutest little Honda fit that was like my New York city car. And it's just, she's so sporty. And we just, you know, we drive down the highway together and, and sing. Um, and it's just, it's a very happy times in that car. Um, but I do know moms who are like, sitting in their driveway, calling a friend or like just enjoying five minutes of silence before they go in the house after a grocery run or something. It's, you know, wherever you can, you can get your piece, the bathroom, hang out, hang out in the bathroom for five minutes. If you can shut the door, um, got to carve out those, those times and spaces when we can hear ourselves think, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You got that right. So you, like me, you know, talk about, you know, these basics, these healthcare basics as a form of self-care, something like nourishing ourselves well, you know, feeding ourselves regular meals when we're, when we're hungry, um, not going too long without eating, um, you know, what are, what are some ways we can nourish ourselves well when we're always on the go? Yeah, I think it goes back to like, um, you know, how, how often are you eating? Are you eating enough? Cause, um, you know, just through my, um, like working with different clients, I've noticed a trend with, with women, when you're so busy, you find that you're not eating as much. Maybe you're not planning as much. You're going for like quick grab and goes, um, you know? And so I, I think also too, like setting time to, maybe plan a little can help us make sure that we're supporting our bodies and nourishing, um, you know, better, uh, to support our mental health even, and our mood, um, and our hormones, we know how important that is. Right. And, and also, um, not viewing things from a lens of restriction. A lot of women love to restrict so much from their, their diet, whether that's carbohydrates, um, just calories in general and, you know, fats, but all of these things are so important just, you know, for hormonal harmony and just so that we can feel at our best. Um, we know how important, like, you know, um, just getting enough and on a regular basis can help to support our blood sugars, especially for people with PCOS. That's it's so important to eat regularly and eat enough of the right types of foods, you know, fiber and all these types of things. Um, and so definitely making sure that you are eating enough. Um, I think that that's a form of self-care, um, especially when you're, yeah, you're always on the go. Um, that planning really goes along a long way. You know, I'm not saying plan a whole, you know, a couple hours to do a whole thing, but it's just like, okay, I know I'm going to have a very busy week. Like this week, I have a bunch of meetings. I have this, I got to take my kids here. I got to go there. You know, it's just like, okay, let me take like 10 minutes to just kind of plan a little better, you know, can I eat out on the, you know, these days 
or, you know, can I have somebody else? Like, you know, if you have a partner, like my partner drop off some food, um, can we have some more snacks that are just grab and go, you know, um, can we, you know, make time to cook? You know, I love the whole, like eat once, you know, um, I cook once eat, like, is it like three times? Yeah. Um, that's great. You know? And so thinking about like strategies and things that you can do to take the stress out of nourishing your bodies, I think is so important. Um, you know, that can just, yeah, help you feel more satisfied and, and make sure that you're, um, you know, getting all these types of foods. And I, I think that's like my number one, one, one tip there. Yeah. I think, you know, eating regularly, definitely guilty of that myself where it's like <laughs> we all three <laughs> 30, I'm, I'm really good with breakfast and dinner and it's, what happens in between those two is sometimes a mystery, but you know, where it's like three 30 and I'm like, Oh, I should probably eat some crackers and hummus or something. Um, but I do find, you know, that between not eating enough meals, but the carbs, um, you know, always a red flag for me. If someone is telling me they're irritable or they're moody or they're grumpy or they can't sleep, you know, it's like art are you eating enough carbs? Cause that's a red flag. You might be going too low, you know? Yeah. And I, there's a lot of great research around like foods that support, you know, mood and mental health. Um, like fish is my, I will always be like, I would always stand seafood. Okay? <laughs> I, love, I love seafood. I can't eat shell, which unfortunately oh, I'm allergic, no. but I, I love, love fish like things like salmon and sardines, people hate sardines. Like, oh my gosh, you, I'm like the person that's like, oh, try this sardine recipe. And I, my clients look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, okay, we could try another, you know, another fish. Um, but yeah, they have an excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids. They're anti-inflammatory. They have those like, you know, EPA and DHA, which is so, you know, important for brain brain health, for mood. There's been some studies around depression and anxiety, just getting more of that, um, fatty fish in. Um, and so definitely fish is great. You know, it has the protein, has the B12, the vitamin D, which all can have positive effects on your mood. Um, berries are my thing right now. Berries are in, <laughs> you know, so, um, there are, you know, they have vitamin C also those antioxidants, um, which kind of works, you know, well to support, you know, um, mood and lower kind of stress. Um, and then I, you know, I can't get enough of that dark chocolate. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one that comes up quite a lot when you think of mood. Yeah. There's great studies to support, um, you know, chocolate and how it can just, you know, improve your cognition and mood. Um, it has magnesium. Hello. I stand magnesium too. I'm a big fan of magnesium. Um, you know, that that's all really important, but I think when we think of like nutrients and just you know, food, um, getting back to getting, you know, having your baseline labs, I feel like are so important because that can kind of point you in a direction where maybe you need to, um, optimize certain areas of your health so that you can feel mm -hmm. good, you know? And, uh, I, I think, uh, a lot of, a lot of people just need to, you know, find ways to prioritize that because it can go a long way for sure. Yeah. You know, and especially working in women's health and working in hormones, like you're not going to feel energetic and good if your iron is low because you have fibroids or you're not going to feel good and energetic if your thyroid isn't making enough thyroid hormone, you know? So 
those labs are really kind of the clue as to like, what do we need to support you with here? You know, are there foods we need to emphasize or, you know, supplements or medications that you need that are going to make you feel your best, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think also nourishing yourself properly is part of it. Um, you know, when someone is, is under eating, I mean, food is fuel, you know, food is energy. So if you don't have the energy to work out or go for a walk, or, you know, even think about some of the stress management stuff, you know, maybe, maybe time isn't the issue. Maybe energy is the issue. Oh, and can I add one more? Yeah. All those are like really great. But what sparked my mind too, was that being able to honor the foods that you love, mm. like that, that brings you joy. I think that's also a part of self-care. And I didn't, I was like, oh, this is perfect because um, a lot of the, ta- the, th- the times we're thinking of like how, oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. And that's, you know, just this ongoing cycle of guilt and, you know, and, and I, I just feel like it's, it's okay. It's really important to also include those foods that make you feel good, that bring you joy, um, you know, whatever that looks like to you, that, that provide that comfort. That's, uh, you know, that's really important. Um, a really important part of all of this. I always ask my patients on our first appointment, like what foods do you crave? What are your comfort foods? What are your favorite foods? Because it's different for everybody, you know, like some people, I mean, they exist. People, people do exist who could take or leave pizza or, you know, don't really care for ice cream, but for other people, like that's their go-to. So, you know, if, if your favorite food is mashed potatoes, then we're going to find a way to work mashed potatoes into your weekly diet regularly. Oh yeah. And for me, they're ways. I, I, at least once a month, I get, you know, there's this place around where I live. Oh my God, they make the best wings. It's not basic buffalo wings with a little ranch and the celery. Like it's like really well-seasoned wings. Okay. And it hits the spot and it is a part of my routine because that's what brings me joy. The wings are what brings me joy, Melissa. That's my thing. (laughs) That's my husband's favorite food. And I actually don't eat poultry. Um, just like a preference thing, but he has been making them in the air fryer, which he's been Mm. really happy with, like, you know, but yeah, he, he's definitely, it's like when I'm away, when I'm at a conference or something, I don't think he eats a vegetable the whole time I'm gone. He's just like wings and ribs, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, in, it's important to, you know, those foods that are, are your go-to food or a part of, part of what you like to eat or part of your culture, like you should include those regularly. And, you know, something like mac and cheese, like who, you know, mac and cheese, good bowl of comfort foods. Like you can have the mac and cheese, but, but you know, I know enough now to know if I just eat a bowl of mac and cheese, I'm going to feel terrible an hour later and probably terrible tomorrow too. So I'm going to take the extra two seconds and add some protein to the side. I'm going to add some frozen broccoli to it. So I'm getting something green in there. Um, but I'm never going to give up mac and cheese, you know? And, and that's the thing, because you are able to tune in with your body and you're able to identify like, this is how this particular food makes me feel. Let me make these adjustments so I can feel good. The point is getting to a place of feeling good. And so, you know, it's like 
work with what you got and adjust it to fit your needs. That's, that's, that's the key. That's the key here. So we've kind of talked a little bit about how the idea of things like meditation, yoga, breathing exercises may not resonate with everyone. They may may not be the thing that, that helps. I mean, it's always worth exploring and trying different things to see maybe what does work and what doesn't. Um, But stress management really has to be individualized because it has to be like what works for you. Um, I already talked about my love of the the 90s music in the car. Uh, Also love a good dance party, you know, like, and, you know, we were joking about TikTok before we started recording, but like it actually, even if it never makes it, you know, to the public eye, you know, if I take five minutes to learn a TikTok dance, like (laughs) in my bathroom, like that's fun. Sometimes it's like stress management. Um, what are some of the other like alternative ways you suggest people like tune in and manage stress? I mean, if you, if you need to even make us like a a checklist for yourself, like that will kind of look at your, reflect your specific needs, your habits, and just your time considerations. Like you said, it's, it is individualized. Um, I think that'll be helpful. I mean, it'll take maybe a little bit of effort to develop, but you know, um, it will definitely be worth it in the the long run. You don't need to, um, force yourself to do something you don't enjoy. I think it's like, think about what has worked for you in the past, where you are in your life in terms of what you got going on, you know, is it a hectic season in your life right now? Um, and how can you sprinkle just a little bit of that self-care to make you feel, you know, at ease. Right. Um, and I, I feel like too, we don't talk about the other side of self-care. If you, some people, um, get burnout <laughs> around self-care and it, it shouldn't be this thing where you feel like you are overdoing it, like overloading your schedule with all these different types of activities and that are meant to like boost wellness in your life. And like, you know, it kind of leads you to that, like the opposite of being relaxed. Like that's not the goal here. Um, you know, so it's like, find out what you, you can do, like even writing just a personal checklist for yourself and deciding like, what, what's the most important? Are you going to address your physical needs? Is there an area where you feel like you can kind of work on so you can feel like at your best, you know, fulfilled and living that life of abundance, then, you know, get it there. Is it an emotional need that you need right now? Um, you know, how's your mental health, all these things kind of, I think there's a little bit of homework that, you know, we can do, and you don't have to designate like hours and hours to, to do it. But I think, having a little bit of planning, um, will help you with, you know, achieve this idea of, you know, um, everyday, realistic, practical self-care. I love the idea of a list and I love the idea of kind of jotting down how much time it takes. So like, if you have five minutes, do this. If you have 10 minutes, do this. If you have an hour free, I mean, you ever been in that situation where you have an hour free and you're just like, unexpectedly. And then you're just like, what do I do with myself? (laughs) Like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Um, I'll also, also say like, you know, a few years back when I was having a particularly hard time and feeling very like isolated and alone, I made a list of people 
But like, mm-hmm. these are people that I can reach out to, you know, whether it's by text or DM, or I can actually pick up the phone and actually call someone. These are people mm-hmm. that I could reach out to so that, you know, if I, if I do find myself in that situation, I know I have these people and I'm not alone, but I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, it's sort of alluded to this, but there are things that, that don't necessarily like qualify as self-care. They're certainly not Instagrammable, but things like, like one thing for me, like super anxiety provoking is anything phone related. So, you know, if I, t- if I have 10 minutes free and I can check my voicemails, like that is actually a self-care because it's taking away the anxiety every time I pick up my phone and I see that number flashing at me of unchecked, you know? Oh yeah. I, I love that. Was, um, I do like the do not disturb. Mm-hmm. As you know, what I noticed about myself, I was the type of person that felt like I had to answer every call I saw right away or answer every text right away. And even my loved ones, they don't know this. I hope they're not listening to this episode, but I have them on, I have everybody on Do Not Disturb. You know how like sometimes you can put people on your favorites? Yeah. I mean, like, hey, for emergency reasons, I have that all handled out. So don't, don't say, oh, what about emergencies? No, but there are certain people I just have them on mute. So I'm not always feeling like I have to respond, you know, that's a great boundary to have. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, what, what a lot of people don't realize about these apps and the way that they're designed and the way that they trigger our brains to respond to those notifications. It's like, they make us feel like we have to respond right away and you, you don't have to. So you know, stepping away, um, you know, back to the idea of boundaries around what time you, you check your, your messages, you know, not to be checking emails after business hours, for example. Um, I remember, and this, this stuck with me, Natalie, if you're listening, my preceptor, my ICU preceptor in my internship said, there's no such thing as a nutrition emergency. Mm. And that stuck with me because I was like, she is an ICU dietitian and she is saying there are no emergencies in ICU when it comes to nutrition. Like, you know, so it's, it's never, it's never as serious as you think, as you think it might be like most things can wait. Right. Right. I love that. I needed to hear that today. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And especially if it's like brands or whatever, it's like, this is not a crisis, you know? We'll, we'll, we'll deal with this. Also we're, you know, we're recording on a Friday, everyone. So as soon as this is wrapped, like, O-O-T-O, you know, (laughs) Audi. Um, so what would be one thing that you would want women who've been struggling, trying to fit self-care in to take away from this episode? I would definitely say pay attention to your body and what makes you feel the most at ease. It's so easy to get kind of lost in the thoughts of like, you know, wellness of today, what we see in the media, what we see on TV, what we see when we're out at the store online, all these products and things, but just pay attention to what you have going on in your life, pay attention to your body and what makes you feel the most at peace, at ease, Life is just so crazy. So, you know, try to find time to recenter and rejuvenate because, you know, you deserve it. Like love on yourself, 
um, because, you know, you absolutely deserve all the amazing things and we cannot thrive in life and live a life of abundance if we don't tend to ourselves. Like, that's what I do with my work every single day. Like, we're about flourishing and thriving. It all goes back to that mentally, physically, emotionally. How are you supporting your body and its needs? You deserve the best. So let's make time um, with what we have within our means to achieve, you know, the greatest self-care that we can possibly can. That makes sense for you, you know? Yeah, I needed to hear that one today. So thank you. Um, Go ahead and tell the audience where they can find you. Yeah, you can find uh, me, um, our platform Flourish Heights on social media. It's at Flourish Heights. And also um, I do have a podcast that I host. It is the Flourish Heights podcast. And um, we pretty much talk about all the topics around periods and women's nutrition body awareness, uh, self-care like we did today. I bring on amazing guests in the women's health space. I still have yet to bring Melissa on. So hopefully she can make time to come on by and schedule something. Um, But definitely tune in and support. Um, We just celebrated one year. So I'd love for you guys to, you know, head on over to our podcast too and see what we're all about. Absolutely. Anytime. Um, And I do... Do go follow Flourish Heights because Valerie puts on this amazing event and I know there will be one coming called Bloom. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Bloom is? Yeah, so Bloom is a annual event that I've been hosting um, every single year. We're celebrating our five years this year, which is really exciting. Um, We are bringing women together to talk about, you know, overlooked topics, Specifically this year, we're focusing on infertility and fertility, which is so, so important. And, um, you know, we're really excited to bring in the experts in the DC metropolitan area to really highlight these topics. Um, As a whole, it's a safe space where you can share your stories and just hear from, you know, the people that are helping women, you know, conceive. Um, And I think a lot of people just don't know much about these topics. It's often taboo. It's it's very stigmatized. And so um, I just love the opportunity to bring us all in real life, in person, to just um, talk about these things. We are still in a pandemic, unfortunately, but there will be, you know, COVID precautions. I would love anybody who is out in the DC metropolitan area to come. It will be held on August 21st and we'll be promoting on our our page, uh, Flourish Heights. So stay tuned for all the promo and I would love, you know, to see you there. Amazing. Yeah, I've been sort of, jealously watching all the, you know, fear of missing out over all the coverage when you did the one, um, the honeypot one a couple of years ago, um, with our pal Kendra Tolbert was there for that one. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately with the, with the pandemic and everything going virtual, you know, there were definitely some downsides to that, but one of the positives was I got to attend the event virtually last year. You're such a great supporter, Melissa. So I always appreciate you. Oh no. It It was amazing to see, I mean, such great, um, speakers in the women's health realm that you, you know, curate. It felt just like such a curated and positive event, um, to attend. So I was really glad I got to 
you know, at least watch virtually for one year. But uh, if you are in the DC area, do not miss out because you will see the pictures on social and have fear of missing out. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Valerie, for coming on and chatting with me. And thank you to our audience for listening. Hey friends, I just wanted to let you know that here at The Hormone Dietitian, I try to practice what I preach in terms of managing stress, getting enough rest, taking time to properly nourish and move my body, and making time for fun and connection with loved ones. So on that note, Hormonally Yours will be taking a four-week summer break from the podcast. I had planned this break months ago, but given the extra exhaustion of showing up online right now, after the overturn of Roe v. Wade, while trying to run a business that focuses on actually helping women, it's more necessary than ever. We will be back on August 16th with all new episodes. I'm so excited for what I have lined up for guests and topics for the fall. In the meantime, now is a great time to catch up on any of the 37 episodes you might have missed. And if you haven't seen, I've decided to make my why and how to track cycles with PCOS video available to everyone, because it's more important now than ever to understand how to identify your fertile window, which isn't always the easiest when you have PCOS. You can go get that at thehormonedietitian.com forward slash cycle hyphen tracking. And it's totally free, no strings attached. If you would like to thank me, I'm currently raising funds for abortion funds on my Instagram account at the.hormone.dietitian. Thank you for being here and supporting the podcast. Make sure you schedule time in for your own rest and relaxation. And I'll see you on August 16th. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hormonally Yours with the Hormone Dietitian. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could open up the podcast app you're probably using to listen to this episode right now and leave a quick rating or review. Your reviews help this podcast get seen by more women who could benefit from the information I share here. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, stay balanced. Stay balanced.